So I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, no, I'm really excited about this. Uh, so my show, Houston Entrepreneurs, and the name's bouncing around a little bit uh, because we're starting to get a lot of clients outside of Houston that want us to come interview them and talk to them about business. First time I've got some cue cards with me. Um, Got some cue cards with me, so I want to make sure we ask the right questions and get the right no, answers. Bro, you did some homework on that. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit, uh, put it together. Uh, but as we were talking about earlier, tell me, you know, we want to hear your story. We want to hear your journey. How, how I started, huh? How you got in the business. So. And I'm going to ask you more about those pain points and, and, and the 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 terrible parts of growing So what do you want business. me to do? You want me to start where, where, where I started how? exclusive furniture? You want me to take you a couple more years back? Let's go a couple years back. How'd you All get right. into it? So I started basically like right out of high school. I started working for AT&T long distance. We were, we were selling long distance. I sold this. So I worked for a company called Coastal Telephone Company. Okay. And we sold long distance right when it got deregulated. So exactly. So that's what I was doing. I was, I was working for AT&T long distance. And I started at Ocean's, you know, just greeting people and asking for the raffle. You remember Ocean's? Yeah. Hypermarket. And they are paying us $7. At that time I was working for Ocean's. And I was a cashier making $5. So $5.15 to $7 was a no-brainer. Yeah, it's 20% you know? increase. And I don't have to check people out on the groceries and, you know, just stand over there. I mean, why not, right? It's 40% increase, right? Yeah. So I'm like, why not? Just just go over there. So we started that. All of a sudden, right away, I got, rec I got uh, approached by their commission division, which is outdoor, door-to-door -door sales. Okay. So... Took a leap of faith, went to commission, found out that I was recruited by the Spanish division. But my old boss was so mad, and I didn't speak Spanish. Lick of word, a lick of Spanish. So you didn't speak Spanish? At all. So they're <laughs> like, they're like, uh, you know, and uh, my old boss was like, if you leave, you can't come back. So I'm like, all right, I'm leaving because some, some of the guys that showed me some big paychecks. So I go over there, find out first day that it's a Spanish division, door to door. I don't speak Spanish. But they didn't know that at the time. They didn't know. I didn't know. Sure. So the lady's like, if you don't speak Spanish, we can't use you. <laughs> I'm like, well, got to learn how to speak Spanish. That's cool. Because, you know, I mean, at that time, my, my dad was the only income in the house. It's six of us. How old are you at this time? Um, at that time, 19. Okay. Okay. And I'm the oldest son, so I got to work because I'm the second income. Sure. And uh, my mom had told me not to go because I'm getting this $7 an hour. We're working 40, 40, hour, 40 hours, that's $280, basically making $1,100 before taxes, bringing home about 900 bucks. My dad was bringing 1000 or $1,100. So my income was needed. Sure. My mom is doing odd jobs here and there, but not making any money, maybe two, 300 bucks a month. So you had to contribute to the household, I had keep to. the lights on. I had to, right? And, uh, and that's a lot of people here locally. I mean, that's yeah. just life. And you know, uh, we just we just didn't have enough money, so I mean I had to. Well, next thing you know, I'm like, man, you know, necessity is mother of everything, right? Sure. So I needed to speak Spanish, so I learned. I, you know, I learned some of the stuff and told one of my friends, I'm like, you know what, we need to we need to speak a few words. I need I need for you to teach me how to say this, 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 this. He gave me a script. I started, you know, memorizing it. Next day I'm at work. It took me about two three weeks to kind of realize it. In about four months, I'm. I'm one of the best salesmen in my division. 
a year later, I'm the top salesperson in the in the country. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> For six months in a row. I love it. And and you're specializing in a division, which is a language that you didn't know that it four months enough. prior. That That's amazing, enough, right? bro. I love it. So making good money, became a team leader, supervisor, assistant sales manager uh, for the city, and I'm making good money. And I mean making, I'm making really good money. Sure. So well, I remember those days, right when long distance got deregulated. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 20 years old at this time. I'm, um, and I think it was January of 2000, I mean 1998, January 1998. My, this is the first time I got the biggest paycheck ever. I got $5,800 in a week. Wow. Okay. That's a big paycheck. Yeah, matter of fact, then. I'm sorry, it was not 5800 it was 6800 a week. And I don't know. I've never seen that kind of money. Sure. I mean, I'm the same guy who was making $280 a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, you know, my family was, you know, we needed our family to survive off $1,800 or $1,900. And I got $6,800. So what do I do? Like all the crazy kids Go do, blow it off. I go blow it off. Yeah. I got I got sixty eight hundred on Friday. Give my mom eight hundred dollars because that's what she was expecting. Took the six thousand and blew it all off. Yeah. By by Sunday, I was that. <laughs> you know. We we've all done that. I mean, everybody. Man, I can. was that I was that same guy that I talk about on my videos. Yeah. And stuff. Those thirty thousand millionaires, and I mean, I blew it all. I mean, but you're a lot wiser now. Now you know better. I'm at the club, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And, Going and, crazy. But what I love now is you learn from that. Yeah. And, and I see you preaching to your audience, you know, not to do that. Not, not to, to do that. And we all did that when we got our first big check. At least a lot of us did. Yeah. I know I did. And, you know, it's okay. It's okay to live life. It's okay to go have fun and party a little bit and, and you know, reap some of the benefits of busting your ass so hard or to finally get to a level of success to... Be able to cherish that moment and appreciate it. And I, I tell people the same thing. Enjoy it, but temporarily do it in a celebratory fashion and then get your ass back to work and hustle and grind. Exactly. So, man, you know, I was stupid, 20 years old at this time, spent a lot of money. But luckily I had a good mom and good parents, right? So they're like, hey, you got to save the money. You got to save the money. And that's the problem. A lot of parents don't talk to their kids about saving money. Sure. But mine did. You know, immigrant family. We needed to save money. Yeah. And you know, that's what all the immigrants do. You know, they they, they spend money. They don't they don't do nothing with their money. And uh, anyways, we ended up spending, you know, saving a lot of money and uh, um, you know, it was very short lived. In March of nineteen ninety eight, two months after that big check I've done, um, they brought us to this room and they Got laid us all off. Same same story happened to us. Yeah. We got bought out by bought out by a corporate office. I mean we were all 18, 19, early 20s, making yeah. six figures. And uh, as quick as the company blew up over about a two to three year span, everybody made money and was driving new whips and it was crazy. It. And I didn't, I didn't go buy me a brand new vehicle or anything like that because my mom and dad were always like, hey, you can't do this, can't do this. But I was spending, still spending a lot I of money. I bought a house, something long-term investment. Yeah, and that's what you should do. Yeah, right. and so same thing. They all brought you into an office. They had a meeting, we're being bought out and this is your new pay structure and some of the people stuck others left so i we left. didn't even get that choice yeah we were just you were gone we were gone cool so you know where i was making for three months 25 20 25,000 a month that's you know, amazing to zero wow but but the thing is that you know that thing sets an expectation in your head because i was still making before that 
you know, in 97, I was still making about $2,500 every two weeks or $2,800 every two weeks. But, you know, now the expectation was how I can make, you know, yeah, three, 4000 a week. It's hard to take a step backwards. I don't, I don't care what level you're at or, you know, whether you live above your means or you don't. Once yes. you make a certain income level, it's hard to take a step back. It is. I was telling that to a friend of mine. Once you get used to the standard of living. A certain standard of living, you've got to maintain it. It's very hard to go back. Absolutely. It's a, it's a big... It's a big life change. It's a big, it's a paradigm shift. And, you know, uh, I mean, you know, and a lot of people don't want to change their paradigms. That's what a lot of business people do, right? They don't want to change their paradigm. Paradigm is basically a culture, you know, what you get used to doing. Sure. If you get used to putting your, you know, pants on with the left feet uh, first and the right foot second, then that's what you do. And if someone tells you, put the right foot first and the left foot it's second. It's not natural. It's not natural yeah, because yeah. it's changing the paradigm, right? Absolutely. And it's, and it's really hard. Um, so, I mean, you know, of course it was hard. And uh, so, you know, as a 20-year-old as a kid, I'm a little depressed, you know, a little bit. Uh, I had gotten an apartment. Luckily, the lease was, you know, ending. So, moved back to my parents' house in, um, you know, in April of tw uh, 1998. Really depressed. Didn't want, didn't know what to do with life, uh, so my dad told me, "Hey, listen, you need change of scenery. Why don't you go visit your uncle in California? Go over there for two weeks. Let, let me buy you a ticket, and just go over there. You know, maybe you can go see. You've never been to California. Go see. Sure. You'll, you'll have fun. Yeah. Like, all right, go over there. My uncle takes me everywhere. Santa Monica Pier. Take me to Disneyland. Take me places. I had a lot of fun, but." Four days later, he had to go back to work, and he had opened up a small furniture store inside the mall. So I'm like, hey, listen, the first day I laid around the house, the second day I'm like, why don't I go with you? And I go with him, and he has the store inside the mall. And this is in California? This is in California. Okay. It's in the Inland Empire Mall. Okay. It's in San Bernardino. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to California, but Not San Bernardino is one of the biggest counties, but it's the San Bernardino city right there. Uh, and uh, so we go over there. It's right across the hall from them. It's Forever 21, which is a... Women's clothing yes. store. I'm 20 years old, and I'm standing in front of a women's clothing store, looking at girls in and out all day long. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I, I always loved sales. So I start helping them out in the store, and I'm selling a couple of them. And if you're a salesman in nature, when you sell, it's that dopamine shot. Absolutely. It's that, it's that, it's that, serotonin. It's that feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm on top of the world. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I enjoy this. You know, so I'm over there and I'm talking to all these girls because they're all right there. And I'm selling furniture. And I'm like, you know what? This is, this is crazy. I'm 20 years old, not committed. It's perfect. So I called my dad two days later and I said, Dad, I figured out what I want to do for the rest of my life. And my dad said, what is it? So I'm going to open me up a furniture store. <laughs> <laughs> what was his response? He said, son, it's not heck no. It's hell no. <laughs> you should not do that. You should not go in business. You need to go to school. You're so smart. You wanted to be a lawyer. Go to school. Finish, your, you know, finish college. Have a good job. Become a lawyer. Live life, you know. If you're going to have your own business, you're going to have to work on the weekends, and you're going to do this, you're going to do this, and you'll be a slave to your business. Well, like any other kid, um, you know, yeah. what does my dad know? Who, who listens to who the parents? Who listens to the parents, right? Sure. So I'm like, no, I'm going to open me up a furniture store. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, stay over there for another four or five days with my uncle. Time to come back home. 
And I'm like, I'm going to open me up a furniture store. And I already, I have my mindset, I'm going to do it. So did you have the plan in mind to go into a mall right across from another? Exactly. Forever 21? I'm going to do exactly the same, right? So I go start driving around to all the malls. I pull up the yellow pages, find out where all the malls in Houston are. And I'm going to go research it. I want to be the same demographic, Hispanic population. And I want to be in front of a female store. So I went to a couple of malls, you know, and uh, went to the mall in Baytown, went to Almeda Mall, went to Pasadena Mall, went to uh, Northline Mall. And I'm like, Almeda Mall was the one. Okay. But while I was, you know, while I was going through the mall, I was also going to every furniture store in town. I went to basically almost every store that was there. Small, sure. big, moms and pops. Market, it market research, right? Go over there because I had no idea what how furniture stores run. Been at my uncle's store for six six days, but that's the only yeah. education and furniture sure. business I knew. And I, and I mean, you know, what sells in California might not sell in Houston. Of course. So go over there, see what they're selling, talk to them about layaways, talk to them about financing, and basically self-taught myself for two months every day. I get out of there and I take, I write notes in my notebook, and uh, you know, at that time, my, my wife now, who was just my girlfriend. At that time, somebody I was talking to, I started taking her, like, you know, posing like we were moving in. And we'll, we'll do a lot of research. Yeah, market, market research, research I mean, for they'll sure. sit down and there's some furniture stores. I was there so many times. They were like, and hey, man, it. do you come over here every day, you know? Yeah, well, and you also you're doing a competitive analysis. Right. Which, you know, now people can do online and look at data. Back then, that was just hardcore grinding. Yeah, I love it. So... So you did your research, then you ended up opening in the Almeda Mall. In the Almeda Mall. And okay. so they had Express store right there in front. At that time, Express only used to sell women's okay. clothing. And uh, so opened up And that's there where it all started. On June 18, 1998. There you go, 1998. First, first month in business, I sold $8,000. That's uh, a lot of money for your first month in business. First month, yeah, well, it was a half a month. Second full month, I'm at uh, 18000 okay. I never looked back. Yeah. Now, I I eventually almost went out of business three times. Sure. You know. And so uh, when you got into the mall, do you remember how long of a lease you had to sign? A year. Okay. They wouldn't do longer than a year. Okay. So it was only a year. How big? Do you remember how big of a space you got? Two thousand square feet. Okay. So I had a two thousand square feet store. And uh, signed a year lease and rolled the signed dice. Signed a year lease. That's amazing. Rolled rolled the dice. Like, you know, like like I always say, you know, I, had a, I have a great mom and great parents. They saved the, the money that I was making. Yeah. So I had about $35,000. You know, she gave me $35,000. Well, I, I'm like, hey, mom, you have a lot of money saved for me. So I don't know how much she saved. I honestly don't know. But she was like, she got 35000 And so she gave me thirty out of that thirty-five to... You know, to start the thing. I never questioned my mom how much was she saving. I had no idea. Sure. And when you started the business, was it exclusive furniture then? It was exclusive furniture from day one. Really? So how did you come up with the name? So my uncle had opened up that store, like I told you, in the mall. So I told my uncle, I'm like, I'm going to open up a store. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I don't know what should I name it. He's like, well, name the same as my name. He had exclusive furniture. So I'm like, okay, it was easy. How's he doing now in the furniture business? No, he, is he still in it? No, he's not in it. He he hasn't been in it. Should I think he stopped? I think he went out of business in 2002. Okay. 
Yeah. So you helped fund your business and your startup by money that you had saved from a previous profession, which was the phone business yeah. that sells selling long distance. Yeah. So that's how you got funding. So for I started. It. I started with thirty thousand dollars, and here we are. So the first store that I have, uh, that I had, um, I had five bedrooms, five living rooms, and five dinings, uh, dining table, and that was it. And then I had jewelry armoire, mirrors, and little lamps, and you know, little shindig, kind of little, little accessories you know, here and there. Yeah, yeah. So and that's kind of how you set up. And I noticed that when you go, go into furniture stores, they actually have it set up in groupings where you feel like you're in the bedroom or the dining room. And so it was the same thing 20 years ago as it is now. Uh, no. No. <laughs> I mean, I just, it was, there was, I mean, it was a rectangle. So I lined up one side bedrooms, one side living rooms, and in the middle, dining tables. Gotcha. And okay. people had to kind of walk their way in the middle. Hopefully they weren't carrying a stroller or they didn't have a wheelchair because they weren't going to make it. <laughs> well, I've got to ask on the slogan, your tagline. Where low prices live. Where low prices live, man. That's it, It's famous here in town. You're basically a local celebrity. <laughs> Tell me the story where, where low prices live comes from. So in, 2000, in 19, so 1998 is when 98 I started. 98 is when you started. 99, I go back. One of my cousins is got engaged, go back to California, and I'm with my brother, uh, was it 99? No, it was 2000, sorry, here 2000. My cousin got engaged with my brother, me and my brother are coming back from California, and we were like, man, we gotta have a, a slogan, you know, because now we are thinking, we gotta, you know, we gotta scale the business. Sure. Because he had come join me in 99, and uh, me and my brother are super tight, we're partners. Um, and so we were like, we're going to scale the business. And I mean, you know, in my head, and still, I mean, you know, I'm not done. I mean, we're going to continue growing. And uh, because in business, when you stop growing, you die. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So at that time, I mean, even though I didn't have any money, I'm just like, I have the ambition. I'm going to be the furniture store in Houston. I still have that ambition. Um, so we're coming back and we're like, but we got to come up with a slogan. At that time, one of, you know, one of the big furniture stores in Houston had a great slogan, save yeah. your money. Yeah. You know. And I thought that was the, the greatest slogan. I mean, too bad they moved away from it. But I'm like, we got to have a slogan too. Sure. And we are on the plane, and man, we are just bouncing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we are talking about something about low prices and, you know, something like that. That was the, the motive. And so we just came up with it where low prices live. Yeah. It's iconic. It, and, and, you know, it was... It was meant to be. It, it was, and I love it. And it I'm it's sitting amazing. In, I'm, we're on the plane, and I'm like, I'm like, this is it, bro. And he said, what do you, you like it? I'm like, man, I love it. I'm like, there will be a day that every kid will know it. And he just smiled at me. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you smiling at? He's like, man, you got some big dreams. And I'm like, uh, well, you, you'll see one day. Yeah, so what happens now when, and, and I've seen it, when you walk into an auditorium or you walk into a classroom, yeah. when you walk into the presence, you know, you're talking about kids. When you walk in now, they all just start screaming it and chanting <laughs> it the second you walk in. They, you know what? So, so now, you know, it has come to the reality, right? Like Absolutely. Speaking, speaking it into It's come existing, to fruition. Right? You know, where, where a lot of kids know that we're low prices to live. And I mean, you know, uh, matter of fact, I was uh, yesterday, just yesterday, I, I went to one of my, uh, my Cypress location and... Uh, you know, this customer came to me and he's like, my kid loves you. And I'm like, really? They're like, can you, it'll mean everything if you take a picture with them. I'm like, yeah, definitely. 
I go to the kid, the kid freezes up. And so the the dad is like, well, you know who this is? And he's like, little young kid. So he's like, it's the where low prices live guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't even know the That's name. That's priceless, Jonathan. You don't so understand. No, it, it is. It's a, it's a great story, you know, okay. and, and the slogan is iconic. Uh, and I love your story. The, you know, and you've got Super Sammy and Sammy Z. Tell me where these nicknames come from so and, and what mainly uh, people call Because like you just said, everybody knows you as Where Low Prices Live. So Super Sam is, uh, we started, I got a store, which is, I told you, we had a store in Gester in 59, which is about two miles away from here. Yeah. And, uh, and I closed that because the location was not that appealing. This was just a better visibility. And uh, so when I opened up that store, uh, when I got out from the mall, that's my second location. It's 7,000 square feet. So, and at that time, I'm like, hey, I'm going to start doing the commercials and everything. And uh, I met this guy. His name was Sheldon. I uh, can't remember his last name. The first name was Sheldon. Really great guy. And he was going to do, you know, he wanted to film my commercials. And he's like, man, we got to have a character. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, you know, we should call you Super Sam. And he came up with the name. And then it went to a whole bunch of different things. And, <laughs> you know, if... If, uh, I know how those grow I'm, wings I'm, and I'm take glad, off. I'm glad you. I'm glad internet was not that much, and Instagram was not <laughs> that big that day. Was it what it but was? But he put me in this costume. Oh, know? did he? Yes, like a Superman costume. Yeah, you're definitely glad there was an Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it still might be someone on YouTube or some kind of archives. I'll know. Go look for him. But but Super Sam is where where he came up with that name, and then you know where low prices live, and then where low prices live with a punch. You know, I have to credit him on that, too. Sure. He's the one who came up with that. And I mean, you know, um, that wasn't my idea. So Super Sam came with that. And then um, how Sammy Z happened is, you know, a lot of people started calling me Sammy, you know, after a while. Yeah, um, I get Johnny. I yeah. mean, you know, Jonathan, Johnny. So Sam went to Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. And I mean, I like Sammy. And uh, one a guy that I really admire in the furniture business, and I mean, it's a big icon in Houston, is Sammy Fingers. You know, he's a guy who uh, started Fingers. And a lot of people started comparing me to Sammy Fingers because of, you know, like my, the way I, the, you know, it, as far as merchandising goes. Sure. Um, you know, buying furniture and everything. And um, as we got bigger, a lot of people just kept on, you know, making the... So they started to have to separate the two of y'all. Making the comparison. Sure. You know, so uh, they're like, well, you know, you, you do a lot like Sammy Fingers do because the memory and everything else. And so they're like, we. someone says, well, we got, we got to start calling you Sammy Z instead of Sammy Finger. So that's where the Sammy Z came from. Gotcha. I don't know who said that. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of like it. It's catchy. It is. It and sticks. So When your last name starts with a Z. Z, yeah. Okay. So my last name starts with Z. And, and so instead of Sammy, you know, Sammy Z. That was the birth of Sammy Z. And I'm like, kind of like it. So started growing with it. And I mean, you know, Super Sam was getting old. Yeah. And still a lot of people, you know, who people who grew up watching me in Houston. Yeah. You know, they still well, call it'll me stick Super forever. Sam. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love Sammy and Z. And I like Super Sam. And I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of time people will send me DMs, Super Sam or but Sammy Z was just, is the rebirth of Super Sam. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, and one thing you touched on earlier that I wanted to uh, mention and ask about is, you know, the locations. Uh, beautiful location here, large location. I know you have several locations in Houston. Do you get locations as a real estate play? Are you buying your locations? So now, now that's dirt? what I'm doing now. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm doing every new location that I've been opening. It's a real estate play. 
Okay. You know. So yeah. you're buying the dirt, you're building it, and then that way you're paying, you know, equity, I'm, building I'm equity. I'm buying the dirt. So like the first one I did was on 99 in West Belfort. Yeah. And I bought the dirt, built my building, still have dirt available for pads and pad sites and stuff. I did the same thing. Uh, I made a mistake on uh, one in Cyprus. Should have bought the pad, didn't. That was a mistake I'm probably never going to make. You know, in business, you make mistakes. Sure. But a good businessman is somebody who learns from the mistakes. Absolutely. Uh, bought one in, the one in Webster. I bought, bought the dirt, bought the pad. How many locations do you have? So I got seven. And what are those locations? So I have one over here, which is 59 South. It's in Sharp Sun area. I got one in West Hartman, Highway 6, uh, in the West Oaks area, yep. um, 99, and West Belford in Richmond. Got one in Humble, um, Webster, and Cypress. Uh, basically seven. Okay. Yeah. Real cool. And um, we are looking right now to target another two. When are you coming out to Sugarland? Well. Or is that your 99? 99, you know, caters to Sugarland and Katie. Well, when you get to locations, which I see in, in a lot of different businesses, uh, whether it's car dealerships, furniture shops, uh, a lot of people tend to move where there's other similar locations. Do yes. you do that yes. on that's, purpose? That's the goal. Because you figure when people are shopping, might as well give them a couple different places exactly. to shop around it. And that's my goal. I wish I could put one next to every big furniture store. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but that's, it's, in Houston, it's just so hard. There's a lot of places that zone it like that. In Houston, there's no zoning. Okay. But uh, I wish there was, you know, because like uh, we were in, uh, where was I at? I was in Minneapolis just last week. And they had an area where there was five furniture stores all at one, pl one place. And uh, I wish there was one like that in Houston. But but I try to go closer to where the other stores are. And, and when you do that from a marketing perspective, and that's part of what the show is for, is trying to give our audience different ideas and strategies about building business. Uh, you know, if there were five stores right next to each other, or, you know, I know your 99 store is right across the street from another furniture store. How, the do furniture stores. You, how do you separate yourself? If somebody's going to go hit all three stores, what are you doing different to really stand out in a crowd or separate yourself from these? So, number one, you know, it's all about in furniture business. It's like merchandising. But let's talk business general. A lot of business owners, they get really, oh, that's my competition. My competition is next to me. Now they're going to eat out of my plate. Sure. It doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Everybody eats their own thing. Everybody, you'll get the business that you get. You are your own biggest competition. Yeah. Okay, like you, your competition is you. Me, my competition is me, first of all. If I don't get out of my way and start doing business in an innovative way, I'll eat myself up. Yeah. Before my competition gets one penny out of my business. Yeah. Because if I don't take care of my customers, I don't take care of the experience, I don't take care of my employees, I don't take care of my people, they will leave me and they'll go to other places. I see it all the time. People are too worried about what their competitors are doing instead of focusing on their own niche and their own business. Focus on your business. Take care of your people. And, and what I say is like, so we have a meeting every morning. Every morning, every morning, seven days a week. We talk about it and people who are off, they're not on the meeting, but I try to be on there seven days. And either me, I might be off one day, but my brother will be on there if I'm off. And uh, we talk about one thing. When your customers come, you talk about one thing. You treat them so good that if they go anywhere else, they miss you yeah. and they run back to you. I love it. 
That's it. It's beautiful. Because when you do that and you take care of your customers and you take care of the, your business and you give them a good product at a good value, because when you overcharge and you're only thinking about yourself, then of course, I mean, people will catch on to that. So give them a good service, give them a good value, and give them a good experience, okay? And Absolutely. They'll, they'll never leave you. I, th I think that's the, the best advice I've heard in a while to give to our audience and anybody else out there that's starting their own business. Yeah. If somebody leaves you, you give them a service to where when they leave and go to one of your competitors, they miss you. But they'll miss you. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And so, you know, I came up with that and I, I, I had an analogy one time. Um, maybe I don't know if this is, you know, something I should be saying, but, I, but, but that's my analogy, so I say it all the it's time. It's you. You know, people, and to make it simple, it's just like that. You, you're in a relationship, you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, and they treat you really good. But you want to see what's out there, right? And you leave them. If he or she treated you so good, when you're in the other relationship, you missed the first one. And you're going to come back. And you're going to come back. And always leave the door open. And like I always say this to the younger people and to everybody, when they leave a job, never burn bridge. Absolutely. When they leave a relationship, never burn bridge. When you lose a customer who's walking out, don't piss them off. Don't burn the bridge. Yeah, let them come back. Treat them with kindness. You can get more with honey than vinegar. Absolutely. All day long. Honey yeah. tastes better. For sure. Yeah, it's much more sweeter. So be nice to your customer. Because they came to your store. They could be anywhere. They walked into your establishment. I love it. Because they, they liked something about you that they walked in. There's a lot of places people go and nobody even pays attention to you. Yeah. Okay. Now I know there's a, I know there's customers. Some customers don't like to be hounded by salespeople. Sure. And there's five percent of them, maybe ten, but the other ninety percent are looking for attention. They're looking for help because they don't know. Otherwise, they would have bought it on the internet. Yeah. You know, when I was in long distance, when we, when I used to knock on the doors, people used to say, "I'm not interested." You know what I used to tell them? I know you're not, because if you were, you would have called us and gotten it already. So we know you're not interested. Great rebuttal. Okay. If you were interested, you would already bought it. Yeah. If they knew about this product, if they knew about, you know, how the sofa is, how, what is inside the sofa, because you can't see it, they would have gone on the internet. And purchased. They would have, they, we wouldn't need salespeople. We'll have auto checkout lines like Kroger's and Walmart and people will just take a sticker, go to a checkout line and pay for it. And yeah, self-checkout. Self-checkout. When you talk about online, that's the question I have for you as well is, do you do any online sales? Do you do e-commerce? Yes, you, we do. Do you sell direct? Uh, do you sell on other online marketplaces like yes, Amazon or Wish or any of the others? So we do. We do. We do the Amazon uh, marketplace. Okay. And we do sell online ourselves. Okay. And and you know we do bring people in. You know, digital is where where new thing is. But furniture is such. You need to be there to buy. You need to. But being on those platforms, and what I learned, you know, with my e-commerce businesses, you still have to have your presence on you there. Have it. You have to get your reviews on there. So important. So once you're on there, that's going to be a lead generator. You know, something like this or tennis shoes, I always use an example. I need to go try shoes on. So I might look for them online to find what I'm looking for, but I'm still going to go to the store to actually pull the trigger and buy it. So with me, it's... it's and I mean, you know, I'm very tech savvy. I'm very digital savvy. You see me, I'm I on Instagram. Man, I'm on the phone all the time. I'm, you know, but I can't buy a pair of jeans online. Yeah. I can't buy a blazer online. Tennis shoes, shoes, I can't buy it online. I mean, it's just, I got to fit into There's it. I got to feel it. 
But like, like, like I'll give you an example. Like I bought these T-shirts, and I bought I bought it at a store the other day, and uh, because you know I bought Houston is so hot. Bought these T-shirts so I can wear with my blazer, and uh, I bought one, and I'm like, okay, well this feels good. Now I bought the other ones in other colors online. Yeah. Because I didn't want to go in store, but I know how exactly how it fits. Exactly how I do. Because it's the same one. But if I was buying the same T-shirt, another T-shirt, totally different, I would have. Go to the store, and, the store. It. and you might call me antique or somebody who's not valuing. No, the not time. at all. I do the same thing, whether it's shirts, boxers, socks. I'll go buy the first one and then go back online and buy multiple. Yeah, and so and furni luckily, furniture is not one of those type of. And luckily, furniture is not one of those things that people can, you know, buy one sofa and then they go buy a second one. Yeah, that doesn't work. It's like not going to happen. Yeah, so you buy a sofa one time and then you're not going to buy it for five years. And you have to feel on it, sit on it, feel on it, touch on it. So we are, we are, we are lucky in there. But there's still a lot of people buying mattresses, buying furniture online, and it's becoming big, 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 huge. Sure. But, but This is one of the few businesses that I still, you know, retail is going out for a lot of industries. Yes. But furniture is one of the ones where you need to be there to touch it, feel it, sit in it, try it out before you take it home. Exactly. So I want to go back to, and, and not necessarily go back, but I want to dig a little bit deeper. Tell, tell me one of the, you know, you talked earlier about almost going out of business three times. Yes. And, and as entrepreneurs and business owners and busting our ass, and, and I know you've busted your ass to get to where you're at, and many people out there do as well. You know, what are some of those grinds, some of those oh shit moments, you know, that really where you thought you were going out of business, you were ready to throw in the towel or you are ready to just, you know, call it quits. And, and tell me about one of those moments and tell me about that aha moment when you bounce back for it. Everybody's got several of those. What was one of the big ones for you? So, and you know, that's why I preach so hard, right? Uh, about saving money. A lot of people get in business, they make $100, they spend $125, they spend $150. And, and I learned that from, you know, the hard way. Because when 2008 happened, if you didn't have the money, that the wheels stop. You know that you ever yeah. seen the hamster wheel? Yeah. You know where the hamster is running and the wheels going, 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 and then a stick. You know, there's like <laughs> a little stick or a little debris that goes in there, and the wheel stops. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much, how fast the hamster is now trying, the wheel is now moving. And that's what happened in 2008. When when the times are good, money rolls in. When time gets bad, the wheel stops. The money stops. And if you don't have savings... And it'll start going backwards. And it goes backwards. <laughs> Real quick. It goes backwards. Sure. And if, if you don't have money saved, your business can go backwards really bad. And I mean, I've seen it. So what happens is like entrepreneurs, and I'm going to talk about general, and then I'm going to come to my story. Sure. Entrepreneurs, they, they, they get in this business, and all of a sudden the business is paying really good. And what we do is we start buying fancy cars, fancy watches, buying, you know, fancy gifts for our wives or girlfriends, wags, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, you know, go to places and, uh, you know, just spend money frivolously. I mean, you know, go to exotic vacations and stuff. And we stop going to work. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen several of them. They just stop going to work. I sure. mean, you know, they're like, oh, man, I don't need to work 60 hours no more. Yeah, I made it. I, I made it. I made it. Yeah. No, you didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't know? make shit. <laughs> you didn't make shit. Yeah. You, you, you know, if you stop going to work, 
If you don't, if you stop showing up to work, the business is going to start stop business, showing up for you. Business is going to stop Absolutely, showing up bro. for you That's all day it. long. It's a reciprocation. It is. You know, and business is is very. You I know, love very that you get that because there's so many yeah. people that don't. Everything reciprocates. And, and everybody from the outside, or people that wanting to get in the business, or you know, whether they're admiring you or they're talking shit behind your back. You know, it's what we were saying earlier is, oh, they made it. Oh, somebody gave it to them. Oh, overnight success. Oh, it was easy. Yeah. You know, it's it's not only a grind to get in that position. It's a daily motherfucking grind to just keep going, edit and I edit. Had, I had someone told me last year, I think in March or summer, last last March, they're like, man, you, you just... Overnight success. You just blew up. Blew up. And I'm like, <laughs> just been doing it for fucking 20 years. Yeah. You know. Overnight. Overnight. <laughs> overnight, 20 years ago. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't watch it. I mean, it's been 21 years now. But yeah. this was 20 years ago. I'm like, yeah, I've just been doing it for 20 years. I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, every day go to work. So let me tell you what, what my problem was. I never went to school for business. Nobody ever told me how to save money. Nobody ever told me what is a smart decision, what is not a smart decision. Nobody ever told me. If you grow too fast, you will go out of business. Yeah. Nobody ever told me that. I learned that on my own. So a lot of businesses, they, they, they spend too much money. They grow too fast. They stop going to work. I never stopped going to work. I, was, I had this thing instilled in me and I have this drive. So I always go to work. Still today, I'm 50, 60 hours. Yesterday, I started working. At, I, I got to my office at 8.05 and got home at 8.30 and you know, had like a little dinner for like about 30 minutes and talked to my wife. And then she went to bed at 9.15 and I'll, I continued on my laptop till 10.45. Sure. Okay, so I, I don't do that every day. But but I mean, there are days that I'll pull a 12, 13, Maybe a, maybe a little less than you did before, but before it was definitely, seven days a week. Definitely way less than I used to. And, and you know what, John? You know, let me tell you the worst thing is I feel guilty when I don't work hard. It's my hobby. You know, everybody's <laughs> like, oh, what do you do for fun? I grind. I work. I work. I, work. I enjoy it. I love what I do. And, uh, I love busting my ass. And, and it's a hobby. But you know, when you're successful in a business, it gives you, it gives you other, you know, it gives you tools. It gives you ways to be happier in life or buy things that'll make you happier or do things that make you happier. Spending time with your loved ones make you happy. If sure. you don't have money, you can't spend time with your loved ones. So, I mean, back to my, you know, going out of business. So, that I went out of business almost three times. First time it happened, it was in 2001. Um, I was just in business for three years. Uh, I was barely building everything. I started with 30,000, like I told you. And, and June of 2001, I have roughly about $150,000, $180,000 worth of inventory. I had bought myself a brand new house, bought my dad a brand new house. Uh, you know, I put 20% down on these houses. So I was making money. Yeah. Okay. And I had kids by now, and I had kids at an early age. So by 2001, I have four kids. Damn. Okay. And I didn't have TV. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I had a set of twins. I mean, it was just, life was good, making money, had about $180,000 worth of inventory. And Allison happened, and nobody ever told me that I had to have flood insurance. Gotcha. So everything is in this small warehouse. And uh, Allison happened, we go to the warehouse, and there's about, at that time when we went in there, it was three, three feet of water. Wow. But that water had went up to eight feet. Wow. Everything was gone. Everything was wiped out. Everything. Everything. So all worked. of a sudden, that $180,000 worth of inventory in that warehouse, gone. 
went to zero. Yeah. Zero. I mean, there's nothing you can do because that furniture was sitting in there for, for days. Yeah, and what most people don't know is flood insurance completely different than regular insurance. Flood insurance is completely different than regular insurance. The regular insurance would cover that $180,000 gone, and I'm back to square one. Square one. After three years of busting your ass, you're three back to square one. Three years of busting your ass. Um, and, and that's the shit that people don't see. People don't see. Or the see. stories they don't hear about. So, so the, thanks for sharing that with so us. So let me tell you the worst part about that. I had already signed a lease to open up a third store. Oh. Because well, no I have all this inventory. Yeah, you had all the furniture to put in it. All the furniture to put <clears> in it. And now it's gone. Now it's gone. I'm supposed to move in in August. <clears> I think Allison happened in June. And I don't have it. I don't have enough money to pay the bills. And it was it was really tough, man. It was really tough uh, to get out of it. And But, you know, I you know, worked hard, made some deals with people. You know, Did you keep the new location? I had to. I was, I was already on the hook. You're committed. I was committed. And uh, there was nothing I could do. So you do what you had to do. Pull do your head above water. That's it. I love it. So just got, I just got in it. And, uh, you know, it took me about a year, year and a half. And then I took advantage of some other stuff that was happening in town. And, uh, you know, made some money out of there. And stayed in the furniture business. And... Uh, Second time it happened was in 2003. So I barely pulled my head out of the water in 2002. In 2000, a year later. A year later. 2003, we are back in rolling. Everything is going good. Building up the inventory back in and everything good. Got out of, you know, getting out of debt. You know, basically level playing field. Where low prices live, exclusive furniture is catching on fire. Yeah. Never stopped advertising, you know, just kept going. And 2003, there was an act that had passed with the Homeland Security and everything. And uh, they were checking people's bank accounts. I have no idea what happened. But I had merchant services with Bank of America. And we had, it was right after Memorial Day, two years after, you know, the, that flood, that Allison flood. Yeah. And uh, we, had a, we had a great they had, you know, great exclusive, great sale, Memorial Day sale. And, you know, people swipe their credit card on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and the money's supposed to come in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And all of a sudden, our money didn't come in. And it's about $170,000. And, you know, I'm counting for that money because Absolutely. I'm still a very small business. I'm still very young, five years in business. And you got overhead to pay. Got overhead, got payroll, got all that other stuff, got to pay suppliers, got to deliver the people's furniture. Money don't come in. Hundred and seventy thousand. Damn. Called Bank of America, nobody will give me an answer. Anyways, go to the bank, nobody's giving me an answer. And they said they just don't know where the money's coming from. So they have to do an investigation and they're gonna freeze my account and they will pay me within six months to a year. Wow. No reason. Six months to a year. $170,000. It, it's, that will quickly put you out of business. So I had uh, a similar thing happen to me with Amazon, uh, where they froze, you know, 60 grand in a month. And uh, they said, oh, we'll let you know in the next 90 days if we're going to, if we're going to give it to you or not. Yeah. We're going to investigate. And when you sign up merchant services, you sign these policies where you sign over your rights to let exactly. them have your money. And you don't have any choice. There's no other merchant that you can go to. So the, so the reason they finally gave me is like, my dad had filled out the merchant service application and they're like, well, how much business will you do? 
and he had said, well, we'll do X amount of business. Well, we had passed that. Surpassed that, yeah, yeah. Double or triple. From, from the first time he filled and out they, the application. And they wanted to make sure that this money was not for coming from somewhere else, was not illegal. Sure. Anything like which, which I understand, but holding a, you know, taking money They held for, you hostage. For six months to a year is a lot. So anyways, we go, we, we have to accept credit cards. In 2003, credit cards are gadget on fire, debit cards yeah. credit cards. And we have a lot of people who are not bringing cash in furniture, so you always do swipe debit card and credit card. So I go get a new merchant services. And everything is good for two, three months. I'm waiting for this other money. I'm still strapped. Three months later, this other second merchant services put a hold on my money. Same thing. 40 grand. They ended up giving it to me within 90 days, and then the other money came, and man, I mean, you know, that was like really devastating time. I mean, you know, I hated going to work. I mean, I cried all the time. I mean, man. You know, because if you think about it, I'm still, at that time, 26 years old. You know, so it's devastating. It's just like disheartening. You don't want to give up. But you persevered. Persevered. I mean, we stayed. Yeah. You know, then a couple of years later, 2008 happened, and then the bottom fell. Okay, and then I thought I'm like, you know what, this is it. Furniture business is not for me. Yeah, I'm done. So you're about ready to throw in the towel after 2008. I'm, I'm ready to throw in the towel. So I start, I started this other business. This guy had come talk to me three, four months before about a credit card processing company, and. He was telling me about residual income and everything. So I go to this guy and I said, hey, you know, can you tell me a little bit about it? And he was like, okay. But he wanted me to work with him. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I want to work with you, but you can tell me and we can, you know, I can give you a little overhead, you know, like, you know, on top of it, I'll give you a little override. Sure. So he didn't want to do it. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm very good at self-teaching myself. But now, now there's internet at that time in 2008. Yeah. So start going on the internet, start doing research. So I'm like, all right, in 2008, I'm gonna, I opened my me, uh, credit card processing company. I'm like, maybe I'm out of furniture business. Furniture business is not for me. There's just, every year, two years, I'm going up and starting down, up over. and down. Sure. Starting over. So I started this credit card processing company and my dad really, you know, at this time my dad is part of my business. You know, he had joined me in 99 and my dad loved the business, and he was like telling me, you know, hey, look, it's not about you, it's, you have other people. You know, now you got, at that time I got like 50 or 60 people working for me. They're like, they're running the household, you just can't abandon the business. Yeah. And say, I don't want it. Yeah, you're, you're not just responsible for you and your family, it's yeah. all your staff, their families. Everybody. You have trickles. leases, you have obligations, you know, all that stuff. So I said, look, dad, I'll I tell you what I'll do. I'll go over there, uh, my credit card processing business, from 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock, this store opens up at 10. I'll have the guys open it up. I'll be there at 11, and I'll work from there. And one day I'm off, or, you know, the day I'm, because we were taking one day off at that time. One day I'm off, I'll work that. And my brother, uh, who was basically a partner with him everything, the day he's off, he'll do that. So we work in seven days a week. And we started doing really good, man. In 2000, by 2009, we were doing really well in this credit card processing business. And I'm like, I think I'm, I'm gonna get rid of the furniture business. And then my dad dies. Man. And, and, uh, hold on, sorry, man. Uh, take your time, bro, that's deep. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nah, man, I appreciate you sharing this with us. 
This, so, is, this is the real shit. <laughs> this is real life shit. I mean, this is business. This is life. And this is the shit that people don't see that they need yeah. to see. And then and then my dad passes away. And uh, he, he has this heart attack. He thought he was having heartburn. And then don't go to the hospital wow. the whole night. And then the next day, he's not feeling good. So he goes to the hospital. But this time, he's you know he's been having mild episodes of heart attack. And uh, he just thought he was having heartburn. Anyways, he goes to the hospital the next day, and they're like, listen, you've been having episodes of heart attack oh, no. for all day. So he's in the hospital for seven days, and they, they said they got, he gonna, they're going to have to do a, a bypass. I think it was a triple bypass on him. But they got to get his heart to get stronger. So he's in the hospital for seven days. They do a surgery. They had given him enough blood thinners. He just never recovered. Man. And, you know... Uh, on the 12th day, we know that he was not going to make it. As every, like, you know, he is now on a breathing machine, and they're basically running him through machines. On the 13th day, we know he wasn't going to make it. So the 14th day, we pulled the plug and let him go because my dad always said he, he would hate to be on, you know, life sure. assistance. And if we would have not done that, and we would have put him on a... a uh, one of those transplant lists or something, chance uh, he might have gotten it, might have not. But, uh, you know, he would be in a vegetative state, which Until he, he didn't want. That. Yeah, nah. Neither do I. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. So. When was this? What 2009. Year? Okay. So 2009, I mean, you know, this is when credit card business has taken off. Yeah. But he always, he liked the furniture business. And he kept telling me, you know, hey, you should, you know, this is what you need. This is what you started in 98. People don't make 11 years in a business. You made 11 years. Yeah, that's very true, though. Okay. So, you so need to was it his legacy that is the reason why you kept going with it? Well, I started the business, but, you know, I mean, but, you know, it was, it was him. It was he loved him. the business. Remember, he didn't want me to be, start this business. Yeah. When he came <laughs> in, he, he liked this business. And, and you know, I mean, you know, um, I, I, That's a, that's a, that's an amazing story, man. And you know yeah. he's looking down. So so you know, I mean, you, you know, as a father, I wish I could, my kids would love me like like I love my dad. So. No, man. Please take your time. Have some water. This is this is cool shit. So. I appreciate you sharing this with us, man. Yeah, no problems. I, I don't get that emotional, but I just so. So 2009, when, when after I buried my dad, I'm like, you know what, man? He, he loved this business. So I told my brother, I'm like, you know what, man? If you were making, at this time, I'm making from the credit card business, making about $100,000 take home, you know? And we were splitting it 50-50. So he's making 50, I'm making 50. And I'm like, he's like, we've been only doing this for about a year. You know, imagine what's going to happen. That's, that's good business first year. So... I'm like, all right, the second month we get after my dad. My dad passed away in June, in June, June 21st, 2009. And my, my heart was just not there after he passed away. By August, we had landed some more accounts. And we are making 140000 you know, 70 each by August of 2009. Now, is this monthly or annually? Annually. Okay. Okay. And... 140,000, been in this business for a year, 
you only work Monday through Friday. You yeah. know, it's 40 hour work week, 40 hour work week, sometimes less. Yeah. Weekends off, time weekends with the off, family, time with your family. Yeah. And my brother's like, what are we going to do? And I told him, I said, you know what? You can keep doing this. I'm done. And he said, what? We, sure. We're not making not even 40 grand furniture mm. business. I mean, because it's 2009. I mean, we're not even making any money. We're putting money up. We're making $70,000 cash out of this business. And you want to walk away? I said, man, I, I, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to the furniture business. I'm going to put 100% focus in there. And, and I'm, I'm going to do that. Wow. I'm going to be there day in, day out. And, 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 and we're going to regroup and we're going to revamp and we'll, we'll restart. And um, 10 years from today, if I regret it, then I regret it. And then, you know, and, and so, you know, this 10 years from today, and, and I strongly believe, like, you know, my dad went to heaven and I prayed for us. Yeah, absolutely. He overwatched you and helped you. Yeah. You know, get to where you're at today. So. And he's been but, there along the way. But, you know, well, uh, uh, I wish he was here. He is. I guarantee you he's here, brother. Absolutely he's here. And uh, he could have seen all the progress, but, but that's what it is. He's watching. So that was the three times. Cool. I, thank you for sharing that, man. Oh, no problem. That's I no know problem. that's rough. Yeah, that was, that's a little Woo! tough. He's about to give me a cry over here. I need some water. So, so yeah, that's 10 years later. I mean, you know. I'm not getting really, really sensitive talking about my dad. Nah, I get it, man. I see that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I appreciate you, you, you sharing. Know, I wish, I wish, like one day, I mean, you know, the father, you wish, hey, you know what? I wish my kids love me like that. Yeah, you know, hey, it's... You know, you'd never appreciate your parents when they're here. I read this meme the other day, you know, 14-year-old, um, your dad is your world. 16 year old you don't you know you don't want to be seen around your dad or your mom you know 25 years old you your dad don't know shit <laughs> and when you're 40 you wish he was here yeah and i was like i was like you know what that resonated to me i'm like you know because every teenager you know when when they're 16 or 15 or 16 they don't want their parents to be dropping them off in school they don't want their dad to be coming around their yeah. friends i mean you know it's just it happens to everybody it happened to me i mean it happened to you know i see kids all the time and I mean, you know, when, when your dad is, or your mom is not there in the world, I mean, you miss them. You take it for granted until they're gone. Man, you know what? We take our, we take our parents for, you know, so much for granted. Sure. And I mean, you know, um, I mean, nobody knows, you know, how valuable your parents, and good parents are, you know, are hard to come I mean, by. Hard to come by. They, <laughs> I mean, they are. And I mean, when they are there, I mean, you, you got to appreciate them. I, I won't get into uh, the story with my parents on this uh, on this show. Well, I appreciate you sharing the story with us. It's oh. absolutely amazing. I appreciate your time today. Definitely going to get you back on the show. Didn't want to take up too much of your time, but I want to start talking about your marketing strategies. I see you out there. What I've been preaching to my clients for the last five years, I see you doing all of it, and I absolutely love it. Doing Thank the videos. The daily vlogging, the Instagram feeds, all of it. You're killing it. I love seeing you out there. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Welcome me into your family. And uh, we'll definitely get you, get you back on the show for the next one. Thank you. Thank you so I much for letting me be on the show. Absolutely. Thanks absolutely. for giving me the opportunity. There it is, folks. The man right here is a gangster, a G, and I couldn't be more happy to have him on the show. This is Houston Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Wiseman. Got Sammy right here. Sammy Z of Exclusive Furniture. Sammy, will you give me one time the slogan for the audience? <laughs> We're low, price to live! We'll see you on the next one, guys. Take care.